Shovel, an arts and music podcast. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with LA-based musician Zach Fishwing. Enjoy. You sound great. You sound good too. Thanks. <laughs> How you been? Uh, I've been pretty good, man. Yeah, you know, I think since last I saw you, I've probably been every possible uh, type of emotion and uh, you know thing. It's been a long time. Where are you at right now? I'm in my little studio. I just noticed that it was kind of popping, so I might uh, put on like a. I'm trying to see if I have like a mic thing for it, but I think I got another idea. I'm just going to lower it a little. Yeah, I'm in my little home studio. This is like where I do all my shit, you know? You working on a new album? Uh, Yeah, working on a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, how do you approach that? Do you make like a... Yeah, what's your process for putting out an album? Um, Man, I was just, I've actually been thinking about it a lot lately because i'm like trying to figure out how i want to do stuff moving forward um but one of the big things i'm working on right now is just trying to like streamline my process as an artist so that i can create and finish my work um and not spend as much money doing it because you know it's hard to uh sustain that i think it's especially in the long run it's like a not very sustainable thing but like in music it's like crazy you know the cost of producing lps for example and like you know the business of it is kind of wacky so i'm trying to figure out how i can approach that moving forward so that's something i'm working on um right now i'm just focusing on like yeah recording a bunch of new stuff and then releasing it self-releasing it recording it myself trying to just like kind of get into like a, a creative and uh productive groove that works yeah is, is that an ideal situation or would you prefer someone else release it um i think that's really tricky like i think in the ideal world it'd be cool if somebody else released it but actually like the problem is part of the release is part of the art too, to me, you know what I mean? Like there's like the way that I like to engage with people and like goof around and stuff. Like that's how I keep myself entertained. And yeah. so if it was just like, like I'm not a very self-serious artist where I'm like, oh, like my work is so important and blah. And I'm, and you know, and like I hide from everybody. It's not really my style. Um, you know, uh, so for me, it's like, I like 
doing it myself, but it's also like not, you don't, there's no way to get distribution by yourself. Like I can't, unless I have like a video go viral, which happens occasionally, there's not really a way to reach a lot of people. So I'm trying to figure that out right now. Like how do I want to get music out and get it into people's ears, you know? So like, that's, that's kind of the, you know, that's always the challenge. Um, but the thing is like, if you spend less money making it, you don't have to get as much back from it. So it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter. It's more about that. At that point, hopefully it just becomes about the making of the thing, you know? Right. Uh, and, uh, how do you make money outside uh, of all this? <laughs> well, right now, so I was doing cancer research for like six years where I was like working for a, uh, for the university, uh, for UC Santa Cruz actually. And, um, I just asked them to lay me off after six years with them. So now I'm a free man. And, you you uh, can ask for that kind of thing? Uh, I mean, no, but yes, you can do anything you want. That's the secret of life, right? Um, oh, I, I didn't I didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah, so I just, I just, like, after all that time, I was just like, okay, like, I, I kind of talked to my boss, and I was like, she told me they were having some funding problems, and I was like, to be honest, like, I've been doing this for a long time. I really love it. I love the project, but it, I feel like I'm at a point where it would be good for me to have to be forced to move on to the next step, you know? Um, you said so, cancer research, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's interesting. And, uh, yeah, so I was doing, like, engineering work for them. So we ran this uh, program where we were, like, studying... Um, mutations on the BRCA genes, uh, much like you'd study, study COVID variants or something like that. They actually asked me if I wanted to move on to a project doing that. Um, and I told them I just would rather kind of move on to something new. So, you know, I want to be working in music. So, um, I asked just to like, be let go at that point and they let me go. And, uh, I've just been taking some time and, uh, working on a bunch of new music. So yeah, I don't know how I'm going to make money moving forward. That is the big question. Interesting. Is that yeah. paid? Is that decent? Decent pay? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like engineering work. So all yeah, engineering yeah. work pays pretty well. But it's like, you know, the engineering is at the end of the day, the day to day, like what you're working towards is cool, right? It's like doing cancer research is great. But, you know, the reality of the day to day is like fixing bugs on computers and stuff. So right. it's kind of like tedious stuff. To be honest, that's a lot of what audio engineering is like too. It's like, okay, why is this microphone making this poofy boom noise <laughs> like that? You know? And then I figure out how to fix it. So, so you, you went to school for there. I went to yeah. school for conservation. <laughs> conservation. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like conserving studying, what, uh, you know, um, the planet. Yeah. Conservation and resource studies. So it was like an eco- ecological studies program at Cal. Um, and, uh, but then while I was there, I sort of got into all these different projects. I wanted to like build this. I'm really into like, uh, mycology and like hunting for mushrooms. It's something I got really into when I was living in the Bay area. Cause we used to go like hunt, um, chanterelle mushrooms a lot and stuff. And, uh, I wanted to build this like mushroom identification app. You know, they have like a plant app where you can yeah. take a picture, you know, I want to do the same thing for mushrooms because we know so little about them. So then I started getting into computer engineering and then like wanted to build this app. And then it just sort of turned from one thing into the next. And then that's how I got into cancer research was like, Oh, he has a bio- biological background, but he can program computers. So this could be like a good fit, you know? And, uh, it was, it was cool, man. It was a good project for a long time, you know? So now you're on to this next chapter. 
Yeah. Well, as of right now, I'm in between chapters, I guess, you know. Um, What's between chapter? I mean, is there anything between chapters? <laughs> um, no, there's no between chapters. I think there is. I think there's just a chapter between the. <laughs> so I guess. <laughs> I guess maybe, you know, I think I'm in like the little like, I'm like, you're still turning the page, you know, and you haven't started the next chapter, but you know that that chapter ended. I'm that little like gap at the end of the page. Oh, you, yeah, you could be in That's the gutter. Funny. They call yeah, it the, the gutter in the spine of the book. Is that what it is? What's the I space? So. Like, like if you're reading a book and then it like abruptly ends in the middle of the page and then that whole bottom white space, like what is that? Or where the page where it says yeah, yeah. chapter five, but you don't know what it is yet. It hasn't started. Like, what's that called? I'm that. The grundle. The grundle? I'm in the grundle. I'm just <laughs> grundling right now. Yeah. That's cool. I call you at a good time, though. Yeah. I mean, you know. Does it make uh, you feel weird? Uh, No. So many other things make me feel weird, but not like, work. Like what? Great. You know? <laughs> like what what makes me feel weird yeah um like so i'm working on i'm trying i'm about to go to europe and i'm trying to like build this drip irrigation system for this garden that i have that i've like that's one of the things i've been doing with all this free time was i started growing some vegetables and i wanted to like so now i'm trying to automate the watering because it's like you know it's I can get a friend to come by and like help me water, but I don't want them to have to be here every single day. So I'm trying to like build this drip irrigation system. And uh, it's really complicated. Like all these little things, like all of the parts that you have to get and all the pieces that connect together, there's just like, it's like anything else. Like the standards are all fucked. So it's like, okay, well, I got to like screw this piece into this piece. And I accidentally like screwed the wrong style thread into the wrong thing. And it got all fucked up. And so I had to go back to Home Depot like two times. Like that stuff makes me feel weird. I don't like why things are, which is funny because that's the same reason we were doing the cancer research. The whole thing came down to there was no standards around how this information is shared and stored. And so it's like, a fucking mess all over the world so all these institutions have all this different information but none of it's consistent none of it's uh uh standardized in any way and so our whole job was just to build a system where we took all the data aggregate it normalize it and put it in one place under one format and it's like the same thing i'm like trying to put this shit together and everything's fucking broken <laughs> or like you know i'm like working on a recording project and i try and like move my stuff from one uh you know system to another from a tape machine onto a computer or from one computer program to another computer program like that stuff makes me feel weird the sort of like you know everything uh compatibility lacking compatibility makes me feel weird huh. um yeah strange because there's like downside to standardization as well yeah well, what's like, what's like an obvious downside? Hmm. Well, homogeny depends oh, what sure. you're standardizing, right? I think there, I think homogeny can arise really quickly when that efficiency is super high and the parts are all interchangeable and cog like. I yeah. often think, I think about doorknobs a lot for some reason. In Europe, all the doorknobs are really crazy and different and beautiful but i feel like because america was built later there's just more standardized things going on the width of a door oh, 
this, yeah. that, and that's actually an in- interesting intersection into ADA stuff. Like there's kind of, it has to be a standardized thing so that there's almost like a predictable landscape that can be navigated safely. Yeah. But I think from an aesthetic perspective, there's usually downside to standardization. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. What do you think about like for like an artistic practice, like having like a, a, you know, like when you're working in a mode or whatever, and you're trying to come up with like a way to uh, like create something at, I don't know, make lots of things or whatever. And you kind of come up with a repeatable process, I guess. Yeah. I'm big into that. I'm big into the, like right now I draw basically for an hour a day on these little sticky notes and my goal is to draw like 4,000 of these little squares by the end of the year. And of course, to do that, I need to standardize. Yeah. I do find that in that instance, I've always liked that kind of restriction, self-imposed restriction that creativity right. requires. Right. Yeah. I, I typically resent restriction imposed by the outside. Maybe I'm immature, but I think... It's something very natural in your, yeah. I think in your thirties, it's very natural as an artist to be like, okay, time is running out. I'm going to die. Uh, I want to be more efficient. I have less time to make art personally. So how do we standardize this thing? It's a question of how do you mechanize something and retain humanity? That's one of the hardest questions of modernity, I think. Yeah, we're about to like kind of run into that, aren't we? Like to me, that's like AI is like, yeah, oh my God, AI is all about figuring out how to standardize and not standardize at the same time, or whatever. You know, that's a whole mess. I don't know enough about it, but like it's getting to the point where it's like those sorts of standardizations are breaking down in new ways where it's like, oh, you can, it can now think for itself. So you can have it create things in novel ways or whatever, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, that's a, topic that's just endless yeah i i uh i want to avoid it and then it's just inevitable i know i should gaze into its eyes i'm playing with it a lot i use it a lot now yeah uh yeah artistically too like especially for image creation mostly for like flyers and stuff you know because it's just making flyers is a is a uh always a challenge as like an artist and it's yeah, if you're performing and it's like, uh, you know, it's hard to make that happen and you can generate really interesting images um, as somebody who like can't draw. <laughs> it's like I can create with ideas and then I can manipulate them afterwards and it can give me like a baseline to work with, which is cool. And I'm sure that's the same way people are using it in music is like, make me a trap song with like a Drake sounding guy singing about his feelings or whatever, you know, and then you can like have that and then make it actually good afterwards, you know, which is like polishing turds, I guess, but like a lot of people yeah, yeah. pretty much are already doing that anyway. True. So, yeah. 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 I think this is going to be such a oversaturation. Oh of, yeah. Of everything. It's going to be oh, so yeah. crazy. It's why I I'm like, that's why I went back to drawing on these post-it notes because it's I want I, I want to be able to prove I drew it. I drew that yeah. thing. So that's that's why I'm approaching my my recording right now too. A lot of the stuff I'm working on, um, the songs are actually like voice memos uh and like primitive recordings. 
um, really like trimming it back, like less production, less like comping, they call it, where you're like mashing pieces of takes together because everybody's doing that now. And I actually just took a really great class with this uh, producer and engineer named Philip Weinrode. It was a beautiful class, but he talked a lot about this, about like the more you can maintain the human element of your recordings, it's like that's there's all this information in there that gets lost or people don't know it's like it's not ob immediately obvious that it's there but just the fact that it's real like a full complete performance or a full complete take that like when every time you break that up they call it like the enzo field which is like in japanese culture like drawing a circle and it's like this imperfect complete circle that you draw and each circle is like an embodiment of your individual person and if you make any changes to the circle or like take different pieces of different circles and piece them together you're destroying the actual complete character and like i'm trying to do that in my recordings now where i'm like they're just like i write the song i record it right away and then i build on top of that like whatever that recording is it doesn't matter if it's a voice memo or like a you know like using fancy mics and shit i don't care it's all about like do i have a good take or a good performance and then i'll work from that um, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's kind of similar. It's like sticky notes to me. Like voice memos are such an easy, like real thing that we all engage with, I think. Yeah. Right. We're going to be so desperately trying to prove our humanity in the next 30 years. It's so true. It's going to be pitiful. And we're you going know, to be competing. Like, yeah. Competing with computers who are like all optimizing for engagement on all this bullshit social yeah. media stuff. You can't beat it because they're like, it's programmed to do better than you and you can't win. So I don't know what's, you know, people watch, but you, you're the kind of guy who likes going outside to meet people, right? Yeah. Well, That's... less so lately to be honest. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been kind of holed up. I've been a little like antisocial, um, but in a good way, I think I've just been like, you know, growing plants. <laughs> Those okay. are my new friends, you know, um, just taking a break from humanity. I'll be back. Yeah. Well, that's the impression I get that you like to go out and take yeah. photos of and with people. Oh, yeah. Who are your friends? Yeah, I've been doing less of that lately. But yeah, you know, I do like spending time. I'm an extrovert for sure. Oh, you are? Yeah, I think I'm struggling with that right now, to be honest, because uh Especially in a place like LA, LA can be really tricky. It's a very uh, weird cultural place. So like there's an endless amount of people and why people engage. And I think I just did so much of it for the last five years that I was like, oh my God, I just want to like move to the mountains and not talk to anybody for a couple of years and see what happens. But my guess is if I do that, I'm going to be desperately bored. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can only run away from yourself so much. Yeah. So that's a genuine expression. I remember arguing with, it wasn't an argument in the strict <laughs> sense of it, but we were talking about Bob Dylan and the nature of a true identity versus a put on persona. Oh, sure. And if I recall correctly, you know, cause I was going through how I felt Bob Dylan was this kind of this assemblage of different personas into a, character sure. and how I'm more fond of when I feel like someone's their actual being. If I recall correctly, you were asserting that there is no actual being, there is no thing to betray. You still feel that way? Um, 
I don't really know how to distinguish. I think that's my challenge. Like, sure. I don't think there's a distinguish. I don't think there's a way to tell the difference between my actual self or, you know, it's like, cause if, if, um, like somebody like Bob Dylan, who's like constantly reinventing themselves, right? Like, at least that's my, you know, I'm a huge fan of his. And I think his, his whole career has been just like reinventing himself in different ways. Then like, that's who he is. So in that way, like that's him being himself or whatever, you know, I could never speak for him. I don't know how he sure. feels about it. And I'm sure his private life, it's somewhat different than whatever we see, but like, um, you know, I think at any given time, even if we're trying not to be ourselves, it's like we're still being ourselves anyway. It's like you can't be fake. Like the only way to be fake is to like, um, I can't think of a way to be fake. I don't think it's possible. <laughs> I think maybe no your, what you do, your, you know? <laughs> your argument is like fakeness would be an unconvincing performance of identity. Yeah. Well, sure. And also like, what if being fake is part of your personality? You know, like I'm in LA, there's lots of fake people here, but like, maybe that's who they are. And right. so how, who am I to judge them for being fake? Like, that's like, you're not actually fake. You're just fake, you know, quote. Yeah. I mean, quote, air quote fake. I think what is the essential <laughs> identity is like, like you're saying in some ways you're trying to test the limits of running away from extroversion or, or not yeah. participating in that. And it's an interesting little question, especially when we're going to be faced with AI, like, because at the root, it's a question of humanity. I think the, I do think a genuine connection between two people requires a certain uh, exposure of the soul in some ways. We're going to find out. Yeah, we are. My theory is because reality is participatory it's the world is being drained of its soul while this thing arises and there won't be, there won't be any recognition of the lack of soul because it's already been drained out, you know? So like the next generation won't even know the difference, but it won't be proof that there wasn't a soul. I almost have this weird belief that like there, there was one almost as like fairies did exist or things existed in the wilderness and the woods of magical, uh, origin that we like destroyed via industrialization. I'm just rambling. <laughs> Heavy stuff, man. Yeah. No, um, it's light. Talking fairies. Little, yeah. Just some. Yeah. Well, you love I, Bob Dylan. I do love Bob Dylan. I always have, you know. Um, Who do you love as much as Bob Dylan? Who do I love as much as Bob Dylan? Like, does more count as as much? Yeah. Or, okay, well then, like, my mom, you know, I love my mom. <laughs> um, that's cool. That's probably, like, you know, I mean, like, a couple people in my life, some really close friends, um, my girlfriend. Have I you think. listened, you're just saying that, but have you listened to uh, all of Bob Dylan's albums? <clears throat> Uh, I have actually, yeah. Even his, insane, honestly, dude. his new album is so good. It's really interesting. Talk about humanity. He's just like performing all these old songs as an old man. It's really fascinating. I think he's just like, he's just such a hilarious character to me. It's like endless entertainment, you know, like so many things about him are just funny. You know, like so many of his songs are so bad and so many of them I think are so good. And it's just, 
the way he talks about him. I just think he's a fascinating dude. Um, and, uh, yeah, his whole story is just funny. I've always enjoyed it. You know, is he the, um, archetype you want to embody in the end? You know, no, definitely not. No, <laughs> no. Like, let's like in terms of just like, do you want to have forty-five albums? Um, would that be cool? I don't know if I, I don't know if I care about that. I mean, I think it's like, I think realistically, I probably have close to twenty now without realizing it that are just like under different names and whatever. Uh, so it'll probably happen. It's just, that doesn't matter to me. Like, it's not the goal. I always like this, like there's this Billy Joel quote where he was like, I don't know. At some point I just decided like, I'm done. Like nobody needs to hear anything I have to say anymore. And I thought that was kind of cool too. Right. So it's like, it doesn't, but I think all it's, it's all good. I don't know how I'm going to feel in five years, 10 years. I, you know, like, I feel like every week I'm like, ah, fuck this. And then I'm like, actually, this is who I am is what I have to do. Cause I just, that's who I am. So I don't know what'll you know, like in the long run, but, um, I love definitely, Billy Joel. Yeah. Billy Joel is amazing. Ian, Ian Meltzer turned me on to Billy Joel. Yeah. I never listened to him before that. And he uh, turned me on to the songs. And so it goes. And I was like, Oh, that's such a beautiful song. Um, I like what I like about him is his genuine lameness. Uh, I just feel like even, <laughs> yeah. even though he was, I think he was resisting it. He was trying to be like a tough guy and sexy in some ways. And he's just not that, yeah. I find that negation kind of interesting. What do you think of Bruce Springsteen? You're out in Jersey, right? I am. I think, you know, I was recently turned on to the track On Fire. Or is I'm On Fire? I don't know what's called. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. But it seems like an outlier. Have you, seen, have you watched his music video for it? It's so good. Yeah, I have. It's great. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> No, I don't, I don't have any, you know, I was a douche in high school. So my, I had like these knee jerk reactions to things that were too on the nose for where I was at, you know? Right. Of course. I think we, yeah. Whether that was being a Guido or liking Springsteen because he was, or Bon Jovi or something. So I admittedly don't know enough about Springsteen. I feel like more and more, I would probably like him more and more i just respect achievement from artists and musicians and right right doesn't mean i listen to it but i just start from a place of i respect that yeah you know yeah for sure not easy yeah so how old are you now 38 38 38 is this where you thought you'd be uh, I, well, I mean, at what point, you know, like, I think where I thought I'd be changes, <laughs> you know, when this I was is where 10. you thought you'd be when you were 25, when I was 25, what were you shooting for? I feel like music musicians often have these grandiose, like vision, oh, like they want, well, they want this, like my particular... life. Yeah. I've had so many changes when I was 25, I went back to school. So I had just like finished touring, you know, I, I dropped out of high school to start performing when I was 18. So by the time I hit 25, I was like, fuck this. I'm tired of living in a van off of nine grand a year. I'm going to go back to school. So I went back to school and I think at that point I thought I was going to be an ecologist, you know, like when I started college, I was like, I'm going to be like in the mountains, like measuring plants. That was my, just you measuring know, their height. 
Right. And then like a year later, I was like, I'm not doing this. This sucks. You know, like I'm down to do other things in ecology or whatever. So it's like, you know, where I thought I would be, I think changes on a regular basis. But I think um, I have a lot, I'm definitely somebody with a lot of interests and a lot of like, I'm definitely a generalist. I'm not somebody who's like always been on one path and has like one thing that I do. I have a lot of different things. So um, I think I've always just kind of been like, yeah. And my idea of where I'll end up is always changing. And now I think that I'm 38. Now I think I have a better idea of who I actually am and that this is actually probably a pretty much what my life's going to look like forever. You know what I mean? Like, I actually don't think it's going to change that much, no matter how hard I try. And I work really hard, but it seems to have no effect on the outcome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the more projects I start, the like harder I push, it doesn't matter I'm still the same dude in the same fucking apartment. <laughs> like, and it's like, ugh, like I can't, can't do anything about it. Like I could move out somewhere else and I'm still just going to be the same, you know, just like sitting here in my underwear until two in the morning, like tweaking a mix and then like, whatever, you know, I don't know what I do, like walking around and talking to people and like looking at plants. That's still just always who I'm going to be. Um, so so you yeah. figured it out. Yeah. I think that's it. I think this isn't, enlightenment you know i think that's just how it goes and that's like i actually just released a song called old enough and that's like literally what the song's about old enough to know that i can hardly change my mind and old uh but still i try and so it's just like it's like i have no control but i'm still trying you know and then eventually giving up and just being like, i'll just wait instead that's literally all the song's about is like giving up because not giving up but like relinquishing control it's like it's like i don't necessarily believe in fate or destiny but also i don't feel like there's anything you can do you still just end up living whatever life it is that you live and you can't like control it you know um so i don't know i don't know if i believe in free will anymore i haven't decided <laughs> you know like seriously i don't necessarily believe in destiny or fate but i don't know if i believe in free will either there's some like weird middle ground you know I mean, the weird middle ground is reality, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Like, to me, that's evident. I used to have this argument a lot like five years ago. One, I just argue the utility of believing in free will is tangible. But arguing you're a determinist doesn't even make sense. It's like, how do you embody? Because I don't, first of all, I don't like, it doesn't matter what someone says to me that they are, but if they don't embody it, then I, I consider it a form of deception. So yeah. if you were to tell me you're a communist, but you behave like a capitalist, it doesn't mean anything to me. If you were to say, I'm a determinist, my my question is, and what is that? I don't even know what that is to embody. Yeah. Because like you end up doing the exact same things if you thought you had free will. So... You know, I think there's like, you can surrender to the external circumstances of life, which I think is a type of defeatism, or you could give yourself, you could gracefully give in to one, what one might call it is God's plan. Yeah. Or some might say the universe is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a really different, I know it sounds the same. But I, I think there's a huge distinction. And maybe what you're experiencing is 
the surrender of not trying to plan out your own life and letting it unfold as it's meant to unfold. Yeah. I just don't even know once again, like, I don't even know the difference. So like if, if, uh, no matter what you do, it's like, it's still going to unfold. Like <laughs> it's, it's like whether you choose to like think that it was because you did it or because it just sort of happened, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Like my father's somebody who looks at his life and is like, I built this. And, um, and that's awesome, you know? And I think, uh, and then there's also, and I have that feeling sometimes or like a lot of pride in what I did. And then other times I like, you know, like sometimes you sit down to make a piece of art and you make a piece of art and you're like, how come this one's good? And all my other stuff that I've been making fucking sucks. Like, I don't <laughs> understand. Nothing's different. It just decides to be good sometimes. So I feel like there's no actual control. It's just, I just do whatever the fuck it is I'm doing. And sometimes it's cool and sometimes it's not. And then I don't know when something is going to work or whatever. And then sometimes I feel like I do. I don't know. I just am at a point where I just think, yeah, everything just sort of happens and you just got to roll with it. I don't know. And that is not easy for me. I don't like rolling with things. I don't like, uh, yeah. Like yeah, you, the, Dao. Uh, the Dao is not come naturally to me. Oh, you got no Dao? I got no Dow, but I love the Dow. Like I love, I like, oh, I really you love it. Cause you don't have it. Exactly. Just and it's imagine like, imagine having who, it. Yeah. The people who have it, like, don't even know what it is. And I'm like, God, fuck you. You know, <laughs> like, give me some of your Dow. Like how, let me get some of that. But that's not how it works. You know? Um, are you very rational? Like very dry minded? Uh, I'm a mixture. I think I have like, I think I switch like pretty rapidly between being very rational and very emotional. Mm. And, uh, it's a frustrating way to be because they're completely at odds with each other. And it's like, my rational mind is always telling me that what the smart thing to do is. And then I sabotage it a hundred percent of the time. Um, so it doesn't matter how much I plan something out. I'm just going to end up doing it whatever way feels right in the end you know it's like creature of habit or something destiny strikes again well yeah i mean in a sense no matter what you do you feel like there's no distinction about the willfulness or the lack thereof but it sounds like you're pretty motivated to make the work oh yeah i mean i love making my work there's nothing in the world like uh, I was stressed out the other day and my girl was like, just do whatever makes you happy. Play some video games and stay up late and like sleep in. Like you don't have to do shit. Cause I'm leaving for Europe in a few days. And she's like, just, you don't have to do anything right now, but that's like not how I function. Like I have to be feeling like I'm creative and productive or just productive in whatever pursuit I want at any given time to feel good. That's how I make myself happy. So like my work is, uh, I have to have a sense of like, it's mine and I'm making it and like finishing things. Otherwise I'm miserable. So I think that's just like a thing I've learned about myself. Um, cause it's funny. It's like, yeah, you know, everybody hates their job or whatever. Right. But like, it's like, if I have to like make a website for work, I'm pissed. But if I'm making a website for myself to promote my music, I'm like, this is awesome. This is so sure. fun. I'm learning new things. So it's like, as long as I'm doing it for me, I feel good about it. So I like to feel productive 
and accomplished and focused. And like, I like to, to like have a plan every day of like, I'm going to do these things and make a little list and check them all off. That like makes me feel good, you know? Um, so that's for you is, is music just an elaborate coping mechanism that gets you, you know, kind of soothes you until death or is there some higher game Uh, play? I only ask because so far you've espoused very dry materialist perspectives on life. So I wonder how you view the act of creation or music. Is it some spiritual thing or is it just like a recombination? I don't know of influences? What happens. Yeah. I don't know what happens. I just start making something and it just comes out. And then I'm like, either I like it or I don't, you know what I mean? Like I just trust that process of like, it's a, it's a place that I just sort of disappear during the creative process for me, where I'm just like, I don't know, I'm not thinking, you know, I'm just doing something that feels good. And as long as it feels good, I'm happy. And so it's about feeling good. Yeah. Like when I'm making art, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't hit like the discipline. Like I'd love to get to a point where I'm like focused and disciplined and I'm like, I don't care if I'm not feeling good. I can still make cool stuff, but I'm like, not there yet. Like I have a hard time showing up to work on my art when I'm like, I don't want to, which is not good. And like, I don't think any successful artist is like that. I don't think that's an actual, I mean, maybe wrong, but I don't think anybody can ever succeed in anything if they only do it when it feels good. That's just not enough time. Sure. Sure. I think that's that's accurate. Yeah. Right. And so I like, I want to learn how to don't have kids. Yeah. Right. I don't know. But like, I don't want to learn how to be like, I feel like shit and I'm going into the studio today. I don't know how to do that yet. So I'm, I'm working on it, but. um, I think that's where I try to emphasize a non-egocentric practice where it isn't contingent upon you feeling it or feeling good. It's contingent upon being open to what's being sent down from up above exactly, and and the duty to honor that thing. Um, it yields a very different relationship. I think it yields a more objectivity to judging the thing, uh, because it's not you, it's not about you. It's, it's kind of just about, am I doing this thing a service or a disservice? But it seems to me that for you feeling good do you, is important. And then is the music supposed to make people feel good? Uh, no, the music no. is supposed to, uh, I don't think I have any intention with what it's supposed to accomplish. I'd like to know that, you know, the way that I tend to judge music, I I love this. Like I just took this, uh, recording class. And the first thing that, that, uh, that wine robe showed us was a Venn diagram. It just said feels good and sounds good. And like feels good is filled in. Sounds good is not. And then there's a little key at the bottom and it shows like filled in like successful art, meaning like, as long as it feels good, Like, it doesn't matter what it sounds like. And to me, you know, it's not about feeling good, but it's about feeling something. And I feel the same way when I go to like a museum and I look at visual art. It's like, if I look at the art and I'm like, I don't feel anything, I just leave and I go look at more art until I feel something. And then I stop because now I'm having an experience. So to me, it's like less about whether it's a positive or negative experience and more about whether it's an experience or not. And if I'm not having an experience, then I just objectively i'm like i don't care about this so i think as long as 
like it's not like I make the music to make people feel good, but I do make the music and hope that it has some impact, you know, in how somebody's feeling at all. But it's not I'm not that intentional about it. Like when I sit down to write a song, I'm just doing it. Um, and then it just like comes out. And then I'm like, I think about whether I like it or not after it's done. I try not to let my judgment get into the creative process because then it just thwarts it and then I can't finish anything. Um, and I like to finish things. So I kind of, I've gotten good enough at, to be able to be like, not hung up on that in the process, you know? Um, so yeah, there's no intention when I'm creating, but it, uh, it definitely is like something I'm aware of afterwards. I think that's like the next step. So you're very much a feeler. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I was, I, there's, I was watching this, um, I was I was watching this talk with Devendra Banhart. He was talking about uh, how he doesn't make art because it's cathartic. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, I'm a very, for me, it's very much catharsis when I'm creating something. And I like that he's like, he's like, you know, just dedicated to the making of stuff. It doesn't matter how he feels in that process. So, yeah, I think that that's something that I'd like to work on a little bit. But I don't know. It might it's just hard. be who you are. I mean. Oh, totally. Yeah. 38. You probably, you probably figured it out, you know? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Has anybody figured out anything? Who knows? We figured I, it out. I, yeah, for sure. <laughs> These fucking robots, dude, you, you wouldn't believe. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, I'm 34. I objectively feel a kind of coalescing and crystallization. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Definitely. Um, Sounds like you say that, but that you don't. Well, it's like I've, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that I'm like more myself. I'm, I'm, I'm more aware of who I am and like comfortable with it. But at the same time, I wonder, you know, when I'm 68, am I going to look at myself when I was 38 and be like, ah, I was such a young schmuck? Or if I'm going to be like, ah, I had it all figured out back then. Or am I going to be like 68 looking back to when I was 15 and being like, man, back when I was 15, I really had things solid, you know? So I just don't, I don't, it's like, I can't take the perspective of, of the infinite perspective or whatever. I'm only like where I'm at right now, where I'm at right now is I'm like running through this. I'm literally in this, like, uh, I'm in the mixture of being in the middle of a productive creative project where I'm like probably about halfway done with this new album. And like, uh, that's a really interesting experience. You know, anytime you're midway through a project, right? And then you're all, yeah. um, and then I'm also thinking about like, what do I want to do next? Cause I got this new, like, you know, like, like what's it called? The grundle? I'm grundling. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like grundling and I'm in the trenches <laughs> at the same time. So I'm like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of they're like instability right now. So it's kind of like a funny time and I don't know what'll happen next, you know? Like, do you sit back and go, this album is better than that album and I need to do more of this or I need to do uh, less of this? Yeah, but even that stuff changes. You know what I mean? Like Bob Dylan's a great example where there's so many albums of his that I'm like, that's a trash album. And then 10 years later, I'm like, this album rules. <laughs> and it's for like the weirdest reasons. I find it entertaining in different ways, you know? And I could think you can look at any artist that way and be like, their work at different periods, there's always times when it's going to be quote unquote more and more, more or less successful. But like, um, or good or whatever, but like, you know, as I go through changes in my life, I'm going to see different art differently, you know? So I might feel good about something I made at some point and not understand something I made. And then later 
like that might switch. And my audience is also completely different. Like, I don't know what they're going to like or not like. Every time I think I made something they're going to like, I'm wrong. And they like something else. And I'm like, what? Okay. So I think, um, I think it's just about just making stuff and not really worrying about it. You know, it's like, well, but now you have this kind of financial burden. Yeah. Uh, Not burden, but no, it's like life. You know, you got to pay to live. No, but I'm saying that the music is going to take on this responsibility, right? Oh, how do you mean? oh, like making a living off of the music, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just don't know if that's... I mean, I would love to do that, slash I would hate to do that. I can't figure it out. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I think about it, because I've done it in the past, and I was like, did I like that? I can't tell. Or was it better to just get paid... And be like, I'm actually not emotionally or like personally too deeply invested in my source of income so that you can, it's like my last job yeah. was very easy for me to turn off. Like I finished work and I'm like, I'm fucking done. And I smash my laptop closed. When it's my music, it's like, it's never done. It's never, it's yeah. never something, it's never enough. And it doesn't matter how successful or unsuccessful I am. I'm always going to feel like it's not enough. So I don't know how I feel about that being my source of livelihood. I'm not sure. It's like, I want to think that that could work, but then also there's the pure economics of it. We're just like, this is an insane way to try and make a living. You know, it's like, I'm not in the pop world. So there's not really money, you know, it's like indie artists, like it doesn't matter how famous you think they are. They're fucking broke, you know? (laughs) So I'm, I'm kind of curious as to like, I'm thinking about it, like looking into it as like a potential uh, approach. Like, Oh, how could I make this music? work for me and pay my bills and then i'm also like i can't yeah i just can't decide you know um yeah so it sounds like you have a lot of ambivalence uh about like a professional career in music or whatever yeah or like in general about whether something is good or bad oh yeah i don't know Oh my God. Good and bad. Do you have like, like a good occurrence? Like, do you have a, do you have intuition? Do you have a kind of gut instinct about, cause I think it's good in some ways not to judge the moment, right? Like you don't know if something's ultimately going to be good or bad for you, but I hope that in some sense you're not, you don't feel just resigned to the kind of uh, existential crisis that is life. Um, I guess like answering the question, do I have like a intuition about good and bad? Um, yeah. Like where you want to be. It sounds like you have a very rational mind and, and uh, you can see both sides very clearly of everything. Um, I mean, yeah, I think I have like an intuitive sense of, of like, if something is going well, Um, but I think, uh, you know, I think it's important to like, uh, I don't, I'm not somebody who just, I'm a thinker. Like I like to think things to death, you know what I mean? So if something's going well, like I'll find a way to like really think about it. Yeah. I'm I'm a ruminator for sure. I think that's that's what makes you fascinating is, uh, that you want like clearly you feel but then you oh, also yeah. think 
And I'm not, it sounds like you think a lot. So you have this very interesting uh, kind of seesaw. Even your professions are very interesting, you know, like. Oh, yeah, man. Like, always been that way, you know. Um, but how do you. Yeah, it sounds like it's hard to find balance at times. Like it, well, it's like, it's hard to find, but I'm also in balance all the time. Cause I'm right. like living too very, like when I was doing like, okay, I'm going to get up, I'm going to like code for half the day. And then I'm going to like turn off all the lights, light some candles and write a song. Like what? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's such different experiences that it's, it's, it's so the way that I approach a song is not it's not a rational process. And maybe that's why I like it is it's, I'm such a rational person. And when I make music is literally no thinking involved. Like it's not, I'm not like, I'm not like, it's not, it is a little bit of a puzzle, but it's purely intuition that's leading me through the puzzle. I don't, I'm getting good at, at, in my writing now being like, I don't even question what I'm doing. I just do it. And then until it's done. And then I'm like, it's done. I don't know why I know that, but it is. And then and then I'm like, then I decide whether I like it or not. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's always like a balance of like, I'm going to like go and think something to death. And then I'm going to like go inside and just like pour some feelings out into this. Like, it's a very pure creative thing for me, you know? And I'm really proud of that. Like, I love that. Um, and sometimes they come together so beautifully. Like, I don't understand how it works. I don't understand the creative process to me is mind-bogglingly insane like i don't understand how we do it and i don't even know if it's it was interesting we were talking about this in the class too about like yeah we're about to learn like with ai we're going to find out like does it even have is it real like are our computers just going to be like oh yeah you guys think you're so creative and smart but we can make this shit too <laughs> like we just made a genius song but it or like a beautiful work of art but it's just like it turns out that it's not uniquely human or something and i don't know what the answer to that is like i don't know if things are well, um i think as much as it would be cool to have that answer we'll we won't because ai only uses things humans have made to make things convincingly human and so yeah. in some ways that highlights the absolute surreal nature of human creativity because we're getting this from somewhere else yeah i don't know like you would i guess you would argue nature that we're looking at nature and we're interpreting it and then kind of remixing it um and then ai is doing that with what we did to nature um it's insane ai yeah. is insane you know it's it's insane but yeah totally i don't it's know it's sad because i i like humans and i I do think humans a hundred years ago were, were much more human and I'm not going to explain what that means. I don't feel like I need to, but <laughs> I just, I think in, in a, in a more logical sense, like every time we outsource a process, we lose humanity, a creative process, especially like you could imagine meeting an artist in the future, hundred years from now. And without the aid of a computer, they literally can't speak to you in an eloquent way or say anything poetic. They're like running a process yeah. that, that if you smash the thing where the chip was removed, they would just be like a big meat sack because they've outsourced thinking, they've outsourced creativity. And now they're dependent on this vestigial organ, you know? Yeah. 
that's horrifying to me. It's like yeah. a cal- like a calculator, okay. like a What's calculator change shit, you know? Totally. What's yeah. crazy is something about that like doesn't bother me in the slightest. Like I don't <laughs> know what like that's fucked. You're right. Like it is, but there's something about it. I think I'm just like, I think that my perspective on it is like that's definitely what's gonna happen. So maybe I'd better just like be okay with it. I don't know what else to do. So it's like, okay, well, if this is the way it's going to go, I don't know. Like I was even thinking about for a creative project, I was, uh, I'm actually talking to a friend about doing an AI related project. Actually, it's like a story about AI taking away this guy's job or whatever. But, um, I was also thinking about using AI to make music and I thought it'd be like a fun, interesting experience. You know, you're talking about like, what if you take the the feeling and connection out of your work so that you're not like emotionally connected to it. And an easy way to do that, for example, is to just use AI to write lyrics. So like, what if I created something using AI to write lyrics for me and then wrote the music to that? And then the art is a different, it's just a different art. It's not like, it doesn't make it better or worse, but just a different practice altogether, you know? Because what the hell is the process that I'm using now to write lyrics? I don't know, right? I don't know where the hell they come from. They just, I just get some lyrics and I'm like, I don't know, that's kind of funny. Or like Brian, you know, with his little sticky things and like, yeah, you yeah. know, what's Jeff Tweedy? He just like opens a dictionary and is like, that word's cool. It's like, what, what is this process we're doing anyway? You know, <laughs> like, I don't know if it's any different. So I haven't... Like, I don't know where the magic is. There's some kind of magic, but I don't know what magic is. And that's why it's magic. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess the question would be, can we destroy magic? I don't think, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's destroyed. Yeah, I don't don't know. You're making magic. And then it's like, well, wait. Does it make it better or worse? Because it's a computer that made it. I don't know. Like, what if your favorite song you found out later was made by a computer? Like, would you make? Would it make you like it less? It would just. uh, It would make me sad. I'd probably still like the song. Yeah. Some Milli Vanilli shit. It's gonna happen. I think for for me, like, I still call me old fashioned, but I just like people. I like. I like. I like, I really like talking to people, you know, um, I like seeing people do things with their hands. Yeah. But maybe, you know, I'm just going to be like a grumpy old dude talking to cyborg kids in 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, the future is going to be crazy. I know it's going to be fucking. I'm excited, dude. Like I'm seriously excited, you know, like that's good. shit's fucked i'm i'm aware of that i'm not like in i'm not like totally obliviously stupid into thinking like oh the world's gonna be such a better place but i'm also like look the world was always fucked. yeah it's different different ways of fuckers yeah you like yeah you like read history it's not like humans were like really nice and cool like right so and i'm not like you know i'm not anti-human i'm just like i think um all things have the the power to like be all kinds of other things or whatever it's like good and bad i can't i don't know you know i think it's all relative and it's like i don't you know hey i'm gonna do cool weird shit and it's also gonna do some awful stuff you know so Um, are you you're gonna go full balls deep into ai you think you dude unabashed i don't know because i'm i'm a i'm a um 
I'm a very like pragmatic person. So it's like, I'm, I have my goals. Like I'm working on a project and I'm just going to figure out what I need to do to make my project work. And if I see AI as a tool that's useful for me, I'm going to use the fuck out of it without any shame. Like that's the type of person I am. So I'll look at it and I'll be like, like flyers, for example, I think people were like uncomfortable with people knowing, like I noticed this in the indie music scene where people are like, didn't want people to know that they use AI to make a flyer. Right. And I'm like, so stoked you know what I mean? i'm like dude this is amazing like this is such a cool tool it's like it's like i got a synth and i'm making it sound like a piano or a guitar but it's just a keyboard to me i'm like i don't care as long as it's cool that's fine so um i'll only go balls deep into ai if it's good and helping me do what i want to do but that's definitely like my personality is to just whatever tools because especially if i'm like a one-man team it's like i gotta do all this stuff i can't do it all so i'm gonna use whatever tools i can to help um so you are one you're a one-man team marmalade marmalade mountain marmalade me baby (laughs) i don't have representation i don't have a label i don't have uh it's just me i've worked with like bandmates and stuff but at the end of the day like you know i'm making my own stuff and you know what i'm working on now i'm writing recording producing mixing mastering releasing making the artwork promoting it doing it all myself and like i don't know that that's the way i always want it to be i've always like i'm not like ah, diy or die i'm like diy because i don't have a fucking choice (laughs) so you know i you know i'll take what's available to me but i think right now at the money it's like it costs a lot of money to hire a lot of people so i'm really trying to figure out what are my limits? So like, what can I do and what can't I do on my own? And AI is a really valuable tool in the creative process for me now. Just like, you know, when I made the switch from like recording on tape to recording into a computer, like, man, working on a computer is a game changer. Dealing with tape was such a fucking nightmare. It's like all this, I have like boxes of tapes in my closet that are all just like, some of them are melted and like other ones are just like ruined. You know, it's just like, it's crazy. I'm Computers have their own problems, but um yeah so i don't know i just use whatever whatever i need to get something done you know right that's it's just an inch you have a very interesting personality in that sense it's like this strange mixture of <laughs> well it's just like there's this willful drive to do anything necessary to do the album or finish the album oh, yeah but then there's like a interesting not Absolutely. dao not dao based but a kind of fatalism or something oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's a very, uh, you know, I just look at what people do. So it seems to me like you're motivated. doesn't matter why you're motivated. You get the job done. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I was like talking to my therapist about it and I was like, oh, maybe it's like, you know, some childhood shit where it's like, you know, I had no emotional outlets. And so my music, is my, you know, maybe that's like my appeal for emotional connection is with the the internet i don't know <laughs> like, the internet. Putting, like what is putting music what is putting art out into the world now like oh i don't you really released a song like where does it exist it exists on like spotify you know what i mean like what the fuck is spotify spotify is genius they're like every all every artist in the world is investing all this money into getting people onto spotify it's fucking cra- like it's crazy you know like the industry is fucking nuts so I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I just like making the thing, but I don't know what to do with it once it's made. And I don't know what the meaning of any of it is, you know? Like, what does it mean? You go to art shows all the time. Like, what the fuck? Like, what are people making? 
I go to art. I don't fucking go. I don't go to art shows though. I haven't been at an art show in like five years. Oh wow! Okay, because last time I last time I saw you, you had like your own gallery, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gallery. Are you still doing that? No, I run a giant art center. That yeah, if you ever want to play music, it's a hundred and one year old theater. That's crazy. Dude, we'll get fuck. into it. Yes. Fuck yes. Yeah. It's insane. That's you know. Yeah. 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 We, we ain't got to go down that path, but you go to a therapist, huh? Well, not anymore. We we. <laughs> Is it AI? I, AI therapist. I, yeah, I got an AI therapist. That's <laughs> coming, man. It of course, coming. tell you exactly what oh. you want to hear. It's the same shit as a real therapist, actually. That's the thing, man. So <laughs> what's the difference? Like, what if it works? Like, what if you were like, I'm not feeling good today, and it was like, it's because your mom did this thing. When you Just makes up shit about your mom. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> you're like, oh, I feel so much better now. So I don't know, man. I don't know what the meaning. What is the meaning? Like, what is what does it all mean? I don't know. You you seem like you're in a like faux existential crisis that doesn't actually impact your life. And by that no. I mean like I've always no. found that interesting about artists where it's like, yeah, I wake up every day, I have a checklist, I make sure I get this done, I got 20 albums out. Uh, but nothing means anything. It was like, yeah. well, I think the first part's the most important because like the second part's just like a rational skin over a kind of optimistic way of living, I think. Like, how do you mean? I, I got like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's a crazy fucking way to put it. <laughs> what I mean is all that talk, that pseudo nihilistic talk. It's like, it doesn't mean shit if that, if you're going to wake up and, right, you know, be productive. Like, I know. It's, I've met, I've met like real, I, I think I've I'm met like real. Like a phony nihilist, dude. Yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. I feel. I feel like a fake nihilist it's so <laughs> annoying because my mind is telling me at all times nothing right, matters right. nothing means anything and then all of my actions say otherwise and it's really fucking annoying like i, I like am fully aware of this like i have such a strong moral sense but i also don't even know if i believe in morality like if you ask me about it, i'm like i don't fucking know you know but like then I'm like, no, this is right. And this is wrong. And in my actions, I'm like, no, I'm going to like buy this from here because it's like, I want to support these people, but like, what? It doesn't make any sense. So I don't, I think I'm somebody who believes rationally I'm a nihilist, but I'm aware that being like religious is a much better, better way to exist. Sure. So I'm like, I wish I believed in God. So I'm just gonna like, kind of like stumble between those two existences at the same time. I mean, time. it sounds like you basically <laughs> act like you do believe in right. something. and right. uh, But I don't. So it's annoying. Yeah, but you do in the sense of like belief. Well, I won't anything like that's a very weird framing for God, right? Like it's not a scientific in, inquiry in which you believe you have the data to prove he exists or doesn't. It's just totally how I am. Like I grew, when I was a kid, I was reading like Richard Feynman books, right? So it was like, like I'm in third grade and I'm reading about Richard Feynman's like this, phys, he's like he's a really famous physicist, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, so he's like super rational, but he's also like playing bongos and shit. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, that's how I feel. I think I have this like conundrum, internal conundrum. Yeah, between the rational and the like, complete magic of life you know and um it's fucking annoying i wish i could just be one or the other but i can't so here we are it's not about being one or the other i don't think i understand where you're coming from i think it's just like 
maybe what you can do for the next 40 years is just try to have those two dance together in an elegant way. And maybe yeah. you've already been doing it. I think so. I think I have. They just kind I, of like fight with each other, like argue yeah. with each other, like like an unhappy married couple at times. Yeah. Or like two Jews at a dinner party. <laughs> like that's pretty much like my concept. It's, two, it's just two Jews in there? I think three. there's just two of us. Yeah. I don't think there's three. There's just two of us. And we're just having, you're just like getting at it all the time, you know? But this is my constant state. Um, <laughs> Do you feel like you feel okay. connection to, what does it mean to be a Jew for you? Like, what does that mean? Ooh, what does it mean to be a Jew? I don't know, man. I guess I just does like. Does it matter? I you? think it does. Yeah. Like, I think oh, what I've realized is it's culturally just so deeply part of me that, like, it's just this, like, awareness, you know? Like, when I, like, just, like, when I rub up against it, because it's pretty rare, you know? Like, I think in where we are in L.A. and Jersey and, like, you know, there's Jews. But, like, you know, we're, like, 0.1% of the world population. There's not a lot of us. And so, when we, it's, like, whenever I see other Jews, there's just this sort of, like, it's like so you know like it's there and so it's like that there's some cultural thing that's happening and it's definitely part of my identity and like whether or not i like that or whether or not you know um i don't know how it impacts me but it's there you know so i don't know what it means to be a jew but i, mean, I just I'm, you know from like an identity perspective you've got all these they're not clashing but you've got let's say you contain multitudes, right? You know, that's a Bob Dylan song. <laughs> I think it's called, it? I contain multitudes. Well, he's made enough songs where anything I say is probably a song. <laughs> he just put it out like a couple years ago. <laughs> it's so good. And then he did that like 17 minute song about JFK. <laughs> so Didn't he do one about Titanic as well? I don't know, but that sounds amazing. Like, I don't know. I don't remember. I've made, I've, probably listen to it if you had but i can't keep track you know i don't know i just listen and i have a laugh you know like that's my experience with him um but yeah as i was saying it's like if you had to take one identity yeah if you'd explain yourself in one identity oh god you were forced at gunpoint at gunpoint <laughs> for some reason some strange would, man honestly i think i would get shot <laughs> you just get shot yeah i would just get shot They'd be like, gone, dude. you can't answer this question <laughs> like i don't have an answer i don't know i think my yeah i, I don't know are you like a hippie dude yeah but what is a hippie that likes ai you know like what the fuck is that i'm yeah. definitely a hippie but like what is a hippie i don't know like i don't you know, I'm a computer programmer. Like what? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like I don't, doesn't even make sense to me. I just figured out how to do it. Cause I needed to, you know what I mean? So, cause I was trying to like survive. Like I felt like I was in the Bay area and I was like, I'm broke. I need a job and this skill will take care of me. So I don't know, man, I think I'm a hippie, but, um, uh, yeah. Like you think love is the most important thing? I contain multitudes. Yeah, you contain I... multitudes, dude. Do I think love is the most important thing? No. <laughs> what is? Uh, the most important standardization. Thing. 
I think like, I think <laughs> love is just one thing. Like I don't even know what it is, but I know that it's a thing. <laughs> you know, like I know when I feel love, but I think I struggle sometimes with it because it's like sometimes I don't know. Love can fool you too. You know, that's like, a Bob. That's a Bob Dylan lyric for sure. Well, he has this. He talks about it. And he's <laughs> like, you can't make good decisions and be in love at the same time. Which I'm like, oh, I love that. It's genius. Like, <laughs> you know, it's that's true. a lyric or just Bob Dylan talking. It's just like him talking to somebody, and he's like, well, you, you know, he's somebody's asking him a question, and he's like, well, you can't be in love and make good decisions at the same time. I think he's like justifying some shit that he did. Probably. I'm sure that sounds like <laughs> some shit. I would say, yeah, it's pretty genius. That's really. a yo, hey, hey, like in the pocket. <laughs> AI Bob Dylan is going to be a nightmare, dude. I've already yeah. been interviewed by AI Bob Dylan. So, you know, you have been? I, yeah, I wrote my own interview. I was like, ah, I can't get a fucking interview with a blog. I'm just going to make up my own on Chat GPT. And so I was like, okay, pretend you're Bob Dylan in 1965 and we're in London and you're interviewing me. And then I gave it information about me and he wrote up this whole beautiful interview. It's pretty good. Um, but I didn't want to publish it because I felt like it would be a disservice because I had just recently done another interview. And I was like, I'm not going to like share this fake interview. Right. You know? this, this, Even though as a yeah. reader and a listener or like if I was, if I saw somebody else do that, I'd much rather read the fake one, you know, just because I think it'd be more interesting. So it's like, I don't know what that says. Um, just because it's novel. That's all. It has nothing to do with anything sure. else. Just novel and more weird, you know, like the the hands, right? It's like the reason they're interesting is because they're all fucked up, you know. Like right, like, right, right. I love that. It's so cool. I think I'd be remiss to not ask you why it's called Marmalade Mountain. Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I was living in Portland, and there's the actually okay. Th this is the best description I can give in four minutes or less. Um, there was this mountain, Mount Hood, in Portland, Oregon. I lived in Portland. I was living in my van, and I would just like ride my bike around Portland. I just moved up there. I was heartbroken, and there was just Mount Hood was always covered in snow, and like year round, and it was always beautiful. And I just like ride my bike around and pick fruit. Like there's like cherry trees and blackberries and raspberries everywhere. And so I was always, I had this little tin of blackberries that I'd carry around. And I was just like, always had like fruit and like the mountain. And so I guess the fruit in the mountain, I just felt like I was like living this like marmalade existence. It was sort of this mushy, like, what the hell am I doing? You know? And, uh, and the mountain was like, everything in my life was always looking at this mountain and so I was like, I don't know what to do, but I have all this work. I had all these tape recordings and I wanted to release them. And I was like, what is like this big pile? And I was like, it's the marmalade mountain. So I just thought of my music as this pile of marmalade that was becoming as mountainous. And so that was kind of where that came from. And it just sounded cool, you know? Um, have you ever told that story anywhere else? Is this a first, is that hot? Uh, is that hot? I, you know, hot, man. Spicy. <laughs> that Landed exclusive yeah. or no oh i have no idea um i think i've told a lot of people whether or not it's been like rented or anything anywhere i don't know um that is that is a mystery that's beyond me we could ask a ask the internet gods if they know anything about it but if the internet doesn't know anything about me anyway i'm still safe you know from the you're, clutches you're, of yeah the eye of sauron doesn't even even ai can't find you 
No, I asked it about me. I was actually offended that it still doesn't know who I am. You know, it's like that's true obscurity that you're you're you know, toying with here. I know, but I, maybe it's better that way. You know, so when I have to like, if I have to get a job or something, you know, um, I'm safe. If you had to tell people to listen to one song to reduce that obscurity, which one would it be? Of of mine, yeah. Oh, I don't know. What's your best song? Let's go. I don't know. I can't answer that question. You know it. I don't. Like, I don't have. I don't have a best song. Like, I don't even listen to any of my own music right now, except for the last song that I just released because I have to use it all the time when I'm promoting myself. <laughs> it's making me fucking crazy. <laughs> and, then, um, and then I'm the song that I'm literally was literally mixing right before. Uh, I got on this call. So I don't know. I've written a lot of songs at this point. And probably the best songs are probably the songs that aren't under this name because they're the first ones I ever wrote that are just, that's my shit. I love the first ones, you know, like the early shit. It's just like, it's so pure and unfucked. And like, yeah, but it's not better. It's just, to me, it's just interesting, you know? like to hear like the first song somebody ever wrote. But you don't have, you don't have this sense of, I I like asking people that because like, what's your best work or whatever. Well, I don't know if I've ever asked anyone on the podcast that, but I do ask people about growth and growth. uh, It's because it's really hard to know based on personal metrics, whether you're growing or not. Right. 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 Like you obviously have like a North star, I think that, you're following and you know when you're on its path, whether intuitive right. or rational. Right, right. And so even if you, like, I feel like you would know, oh, optimally I would have more songs of this quality or nature. But well, it, right now, yeah, like right now I'm really into a specific approach. And so I'm into like all of the work that I've done that follows that approach. And there's two songs in particular of mine that I've ever, that I've released under this name that follow that approach. And that approach is just, I'm just performing a song and recording it and there's nothing else. And then there's maybe some stuff done afterwards, but that's my favorite shit right now. So like on my last album, there was a song called all I want is you. And it's literally like, I wrote the song. I came home, I set up my mic. I played it one time and I recorded it and that's on the record. And I'm like, that's cool. I like that. Um, and then like from many years ago, I had this other song that, uh, is a sim- similar thing. It's literally just a tape recorder. I press record. You can hear me press record. Then I sing the song. Nobody fucking likes it, but I'm like, that's my best song on that record. But it's not like, I don't know. It doesn't, you know what I mean? It's just, but it is that it's just like, I just sat down and played a song one time and I liked it because it's real. And I think that's something that is like at the same time that I do like all the AI stuff and like all the different ways of making things right now, I'm interested in this, like, real true capture, right? Like voice memos, true capture, like at the beginning, at the infancy of an idea. So like, uh, I just recently finished a song where it's like, I I hadn't even finished writing it and I already recorded it. And that's the take that's going to be released is it's literally like, you can hear me stopping to like, look at, look up the lyrics because I'm just recording the very first time I I'm playing it and trying to figure out how it goes. And that's, what's going to be released. So I'm really interested in that right now is like the process being part of 
the outcome, if that makes any sense. Like the actual piece yeah, yeah, totally. shows its own process. And I love that. It's um, in a sense, it's like early recorded music where Oh yes. Be- like, before recording was a craft, it was just right. can yeah. we capture that thing? Right. And, at all. Uh, yeah. yeah. Quality, like like that's the funny thing to me is like dude shit's getting out of control right like all this like the fidelity and the whole whatever everything sounds this way or is like big or whatever i still a lot of the music i listen to i listen to a lot of different kinds of music don't get me wrong i listen to contemporary pop music and i listen to the earliest possible recordings ever made but a lot of my favorite music is like sounds like shit and so like I don't, that stuff doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is what's being conveyed and how does it make me feel? You know, like, where does it take me to? Um, yeah, I love early reggae for that reason. It's very, dude. very ghostly. Oh, but it's kind of that problem that of like, like, uh, we'll talk CRISPR. Of course, we got to talk CRISPR. But yeah, if you can stop your child from having a disease by genetically altering them, would you? And it's kind of like in the past, you didn't even have the option. Now it's like you could make your recording sound perfect. Right. Don't you, don't you want it to sound perfect? No, I don't care. That's what I'm learning. No, um, I know. I know. It, it, it's a. Yeah. 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 It's rhetorical in the sense of like, I think that's the first impulse is like, oh, I want to hone something and be better at my craft and I want to learn this. So, yeah, let's make it as sharp as possible. Meanwhile, like early shins is much more interesting than super exactly. refined shins. Exactly. Now, super refined shins are. The lyrics are clear because James Mercer is trying to actually say something that is understood because he's trying to mature and grow up. So I think yeah. there's a there's a reason for that clarity. I think it's less interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, there's also like the commercial aspect of it, right? So a lot of the music that we hear is the way that it is because it's commercially more viable. And like, that's the part where I'm like, that would suck if I rely on that for my living. Now I have to make decisions for commercial reasons rather than for artistic reasons. And that would suck. Like, for example, the record I'm working on right now, the commercial prospects of it are miserable. Like nobody wants, I already put out an album of voice memos. Nobody listened to it, but I love it. I'm like, this is probably my favorite piece of art I've ever made. It's literally 17 voice memos and it's like 45 minutes long. And it's unbearable to listen to for a lot of people but for me i'm like this is the real shit like this is just a real these are just real songs about real things and i'm just they're done it's all concise it's all conceptual it all makes sense so like i don't think i don't want that to fuck my shit up you know i just want to be able to like make something that is it just is what it is you know i don't want to i don't mind manipulation but it's like none of it i don't know I mean, there you're seeking authenticity, at least right. in my perspective. Exactly. But like, what the hell is that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is authenticity? Like, it wouldn't, what does that mean? You know, like what, what, what about lyrically, what would be authentic? Like if I wrote a song about, you know, I'm sitting in my chair in my studio in my apartment in Los Angeles and it's three, 5 22 p.m and you know and if i just said everything sure, little, sure. but that could be interesting too you know what i mean like it kind of is so because I, I don't know that'd be a weird song um i don't know what makes something good though it has nothing to do with the actual content i don't think 
Um, I think the content's irrelevant. I think the quality's irrelevant. I think it only is, I don't know. That's the magic part. I think that's what the magic is. And that's what I don't know. Um, I think you just keep making stuff and sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. And hopefully you compile <laughs> the right one. <laughs> you know, I don't know how many well, sticky notes you drawn and how many of them do you like, you know? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I don't even judge them. I just rip through them and then I'll turn the editing process on in like three months. That's how I work that's now. I'm just, that's tight. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, but I've earned the right in some ways like you probably have to do that. I wouldn't want someone who's young listening to this and having not gone through a decade or so of oh. the pain. Cause I think, I think it needs to happen first. Oh, of like meanlessly refining your shit to the yeah. point that it has no soul left. Yeah. And then you're realizing that you are just progressively getting worse. Sure. <laughs> undo all of those horrible things that you've done. Yeah, yeah the process of becoming an artist isn't it it's just like oh god for years i've been destroying my own work yeah well i, I suppose you run a is your record label called magic nothing yeah yeah record label it's it's like what i used for everything so it's like if i throw a show magic nothing if it's a record and i don't have a label magic nothing if it's uh promotional i'm like i run by magic nothing you know it's my management company so like, if you want to talk to my managers, like Zach Marmalade Mountain, or if okay. you want to talk to my manager, Zach at Magic Nothing. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I can interview him at a different date. Same dude, you know, like, I don't really, I'm not that devoted to the, um, the character play, you know, uh, only if I find that it's really necessary. Like I can think of some people that we probably both know who are more devoted to that being in character completely you know and i'm more like mm, i just don't care to carry it out it's, i don't know you know and it's not it's not about realness or anything i just i'm not good at it i don't think gotcha probably more entertaining but well i know i mean i think magic nothing says a lot about the oscillating oh. way you view the process and life i love that yeah i mean you are a fish man I am a fish man. You swim in the ocean, you walk on the land. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And my middle name is Bob, you know? So So you also float. Yeah. I'm a bobbing fish man. You swim, float, and walk. I do what I gotta do, you know. God bless. Well, it was good talking to you. Yeah, man, you too. How you been? good oh you want to like do this kind of like real conversation now i don't know i just feel <laughs> like i haven't seen you in so long you know i got your message i was literally by the way i had like just tested positive for covid and i was sick so i went to go take some dayquil and i accidentally took a bunch of nyquil i saw that I was fucked up like i was like i'm sick i'm on nyquil <laughs> i just got this message and i was like oh shit michael wants to do a thing like that sounds awesome but i don't know what's going on right now so that's what that was and i apologize for my spaciness at the time you know it's all good i've been good man um yeah i do a lot of stuff now i mean i always did but it's different like you i'm a generalist so yeah i co founded a fabrication shop 
that I run in town with my business partner. I run an art center that my brother was sold for one dollar. And, and that place is huge. Um, I'll send you some shit. Please. It's hard to describe. Three cinemas. One 642-seat theater, one black box area where we do the music, one lecture hall. I don't even know. It's surreal. That sounds amazing, man. Congratulations. Thank you. It is. It's it's a blessing. It's definitely like a new... It tests me in new ways. I got to learn to, how to navigate local politics. and. Oh, God, yeah. It sucks, it's, but... Yeah, I you know. Shit. Yeah, I'm talking literal local politics. Like a lot of local politicians hate me, which is cool. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. It's a really fascinating project. Uh, and I still, like I said, man, I, I think I finally found a way to make work within this really hectic schedule I've built. Mm -hmm. And and that's like turn the faucet on for one hour for months. And then I'm going to spend like a month editing it out until these weird little kids books, I think like 16 page kids books. Dude, I love that. That are probably not meant to be read by kids. I don't think. Dude, I love that. I've been wanting to make a, a children's album for adults for so long. I have this <laughs> whole idea for it, like totally inappropriate shit, but that's like, for children but it's not that's totally cool. love that. yeah that's one of my favorite thing because we're all just children anyway we're just big children you know so it's like i think that's sick yeah so i could i could get into it i could wax poetic for sure cool, man. i'm looking at your website this looks like you got all kinds of stuff going on i can't i don't understand how you do that do the podcast make your art the podcast i keep real concise and simple um yeah yeah. Just the organic conversation. Yeah. Just just let years of talking carry it, you know, like just try to get interesting guests and to be regular, you know, Dory does the music with his friend and as long as I can stay on that schedule. Yeah. You know, I intend to have kids in like a year or two, so like I'm kind of prepping for trying to use time in a really like focused way that doesn't drain you of all your creativity and life. Cause I cool. can only get crazier with that, you know? So try to wake up at like six and go to bed at like 11, 10, 11, you know, I'm hey, full on suburban dude. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Sub suburban man. And, uh, Yeah, you still live in L.A., huh? Still in L.A., you know? Here I am. I don't know how long I'll be here. And I don't know where I would go if I left. Um, there's 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 possibilities. We'll see. I'm, I'm about to go see my girl. She's in Italy. She's in this, like, uh, she's an illustrator, and she's studying at the Florence Academy of Art. And oh, so yeah? she might, yeah, and she might want to do an extended program that's, like, three years. And if she does that, she wants me to go with her. And so in that case, maybe I'll go to Europe for a while, you know? That would be a hell of a change. Yeah, I mean, my fiance's French, so 
I will probably be spending large chunks of my life in France. Beautiful place. It is. Italy is too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I you know, I don't know too much about either. Um, but I'll know a little bit more soon. Yeah, I mean, they did they did these wonderful colonizing programs back in the day. Unbelievable stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, dude, I don't. Thanks. You know. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say I don't really like. It's ironic because I interview people, but I don't really like. I like just living life, not. Every time I have to recount my life and what I'm doing, I'm just, why am I doing it? But mostly because there's just so much shit to talk about, honestly. It's a, it's like a world to live in. It's like a compound of wacky folks and, and like, but like with a serious drive to try to accomplish something rather difficult, which is the redevelopment of this like old theater. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I figure I'm going to give my shot. I'm going to try to be a human for another five, 10 years. And then that doesn't work. I can always just draw, you know? Yeah. I feel like I believe in a heroic stage of life that like you have to, even if you think you live in a fallen society, like you got to do your best to interact with it and, and see what's in it. What's really the contents of the thing. And then, then you, you can earn being a hermit, but I don't think you can, like in my twenties, I was more of a hermit at times, but I didn't feel I earned it. Um, I got to use that, that testosterone and vitality to like when I'm in my thirties to, and then, then you can sit back, I think, but I was talking to Neve about this. We have very different concepts of this. Oh, I love talking to Neve about things. It's always fun. He's full. He's like, accepts being just like hermetic, you know, but for yeah. me, it's like, I feel an obligation, especially when you're given a, a very beautiful opportunity, like you got to do it, but yeah, you should, if you ever want to, I mean, honestly, the best way to use the space we have is it's kind of more experimental things like playing a show. That's kind of boring, but I agree, but, dude. I feel that way about all playing shows right now is so boring to me. I've been really trying to come up with more interesting ways of doing it. Like it's boring, dude. Going to shows is boring. <laughs> you know, like they got to get more interesting. I had this whole concept that I really want to do. That would be fun. But um, what's that? Probably not going to do it. Well, I'm really into this. Like I'm also really into um, camping. And so I thought it'd be fun to do this whole I wanted to do like a fake campfire album. Have you ever heard of like Beach Boys Party, the album? Which is no. like, it's like a fake house party where oh, they're cool. just like singing songs and it's like a fabricated house party recorded in a studio. And I just thought it'd be fun to do like a fabricated campfire performance album where I'm just like a bunch of friends hanging around a campfire singing songs. And then I was cool. like, oh, it'd be sick to take this on the road and like have a stage set that's like a campfire and we're all just like hanging out and it's like a mixture of like skits and performance art with singing songs. And then like all of the opening artists are like also at the campfire. They're not really opening. They're just a part of the show and find an interesting way to integrate everything to make it into like this weird, 
engaged sort of event, but I haven't figured out how to pull that off. You know what I mean? Like it would require, it's a lot of moving parts, you know? And, uh, since I'm basically just like in my little room by myself, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Cause like the fabricated campfire is just going to be a bunch of me's, you know what I mean? So like, I can't do that live. So, but yeah, that's like an idea that I really wanted hmm. to see. Um, and I have like a whole concept. I have a few songs for it and a title for it and everything, you know, even have like a fake character I was thinking about using for it, but I don't know if I'm going to go through with that or not. That sounds um, cool. Yeah. But I agree. Shows are boring, dude. They're, they're so fucking boring. I can't do it anymore. Especially here where people don't dance. It's just like, why are, why are you here? You know, like, exactly. This makes sense. Um, all right. I'm going to go, I don't know, to bed or soon, I think. Nick, thank you. Good night. Enjoy your rest. Good night. Thank you. Music by Dory Vavarsky and Ming Jia Chen. Next up, we have comedian Dave Juskow. Until then.